The stories featured in Greeking Out are original adaptations of classic Greek myths. This week's story features impossible tasks, cranky mother-in-laws, helpful insects, and a journey to the underworld. Greeking Out, the greatest stories in history, were told in Greek mythology. Greeking Out, gods and heroes, amazing feats, listen and you'll see it's And now we continue with our story of Eros and Psyche, part two. So the following morning, Psyche headed out in search of Eros. She had no idea where he was, but she was determined to find him. She traveled across the countryside, asking everyone she encountered if they knew where she could find the god of love. That didn't work out so well. When she recalled that Aphrodite was Eros's mother, her search led her to Aphrodite's temple. Greek temples were sacred places dedicated to one god where people left gifts and tribute. Over time, the inside of a temple would look like a museum, preserving gifts like gold pots, jewelry, musical instruments, shields, and more. Psyche knelt to pray at the statue's feet. Aphrodite, Psyche began in a nervous voice. It is I, uh, Psyche. I am married to your son Eros. I, I did something foolish. I didn't trust him, and I will regret that decision for the rest of my days. Please, goddess, please, if you could help me find him, if you could merely point me in his direction, I would be forever indebted to you. I I just want to apologize. Please, do you know where he is? Well, 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 if it isn't the beautiful Psyche, Aphrodite said as she appeared in front of her own statue. Hello, Psyche stammered, caught off guard by the goddess's sheer beauty and power. I've heard a great deal about you, I have to tell you. I'm not exactly your biggest fan, what with you stealing my admirers and all. Humans can be so foolish. Did you know that I even ordered your dear Eros to kill you? Psyche gasped. He couldn't do it, of course. I told him to make you marry the worst creature in the universe, and what does he do? He goes and marries you himself. Talk about disrespecting your elders. Psyche just looked at Aphrodite in shock. This couldn't be true, could it? But don't worry. Seems like you've ruined things just fine after all. I didn't need to interfere. Now everyone's forgotten your beauty and you've somehow managed to enrage my son enough for him to leave you. Yes, it looks like you've made a real mess of things all on your own, haven't you? You're you're right, Psyche began slowly, swallowing back her fear. I I did mess everything up. But but I truly love Eros and I know he loves me. I I just want the opportunity to make things right with him. Do you know where he is? Mm, I don't. I could find out, of course, but I won't, because even though you're no longer much of a threat to me, Psyche, I still don't happen to like you very much, no offense. Please, Aphrodite, please, Psyche cried. What do I have to do to prove to you that I'm worthy of a chance to talk to Eros? Aphrodite was starting to get irritated. She was a goddess, after all. She had places to go, people to see. She couldn't spend all of her time negotiating with some broken-hearted human. Still, she got the sense that Psyche wouldn't quit unless she was forced to. So an idea began to form in Aphrodite's head. If I'm going to help you, I need to know that you are worthy, Aphrodite began. I will send you on a series of trials. If you fail even one, it's over. And you must promise to leave and give up your search for Eros. If you succeed, I will tell you where my son is and leave your fate up to him. 
Psyche almost collapsed with relief. Thank you, Aphrodite. Thank you. Oh, don't thank me until you've heard the tasks, Aphrodite said. Follow me. Aphrodite led Psyche to a remote hill in the country. The hillside was covered in different seeds and grains as far as the eye could see. Your first task is to organize this grain into different categories. There are several types of grains. The common ones are wheat, oats, rye, barley, rice, and millet. And they're small, right? A grain of wheat is typically smaller than your pinky nail. Oh, boy. Psyche looked at the hill. It was covered in grain. This would take her days to sort, but it would be worth it for the chance to see her dear arrows. Okay, Psyche said. This will take me a long time, but I will do it. Great. You have until the end of the day. The end of the day? Psyche exclaimed. But, but, but this could take me all week. Then you should get started, Aphrodite said with a grin before she disappeared back to her temple. Psyche turned around, devastated by the enormity of the task before her. Grain surrounded her for as far as she could see. How could she ever finish the sorting before the end of the day? She was doomed. Overwhelmed with despair, Psyche sank to her knees. What am I going to do? She cried out. This is impossible. Well, you know what they say, squeaked a tiny voice. Nothing is impossible if you put your mind to it. Servants? Psyche cried out, thinking the invisible servants from the palace had come to help her with the task. Is that you? Excuse me, squeaked the voice again. I am nobody's servant. Confused, Psyche looked around, eager to find where the voice was coming from. Where are you? Humans, the voice scoffed. Always overlooking what's right in front of them. Down here, Missy. Psyche looked down and saw a teeny tiny ant standing on one of the many piles of grain. Oh, hello there, Psyche said, trying to mask her disappointment. She had hoped it would be someone who could help her, not a tiny ant. Hello. I was trying to do my morning chores when suddenly I heard a woman crying loudly. Uh, now, if you would kindly turn around and go back where you came from, I'll be able to conduct my chores in peace. Thank you. <laughs> I wish I could, Psyche moaned. But I've been sent here to sort all the grains on this hillside, and if I don't complete my job by the end of the day, I'll never see my love again, Psyche cried, dissolving <laughs> into tears. Yes, well, uh... The ant searched for words. He always had trouble relating to frivolous human problems like love. Uh, that uh, does sound difficult. Like I said, it's impossible. And like I said, nothing is actually impossible. You've just got to set your mind to it. Tell me, what do you think you should do? Psyche sniffled. Well, I suppose I should just work as fast as I can. Yes, that's one option. The ant replied. Any others? <laughs> Give up? Sure, okay, we'll leave that one on the table. Anything else? No, Psyche cried. That's what I'm telling you. It's not like I have any tools to help me or any friends to call on. I'm all alone. Are you really? What? Are you really all alone? Psyche stopped and stared. Of course. No, she exclaimed. You're here. Could you help me? Oh, please, dear Aunt. Please, no one could possibly know this hillside better than you. Please. Well, I suppose I could help you out. As long as you do something for me in return. Anything. Give me and my family a piece of fruit 
from that tree. Psyche reached up to the apple tree hanging above her head and effortlessly pulled an apple from the branch. This, she asked, this is all you require for payment? Yep, the ant replied. That'll work. Suddenly, the ground beneath Psyche's feet began to move. She was surrounded by ants. They scattered in all different directions all across the hillside, organizing each grain by type. Ants are social insects and live in large colonies. Each colony can consist of millions of ants. Together, the ants of the world weigh as much as all the people in the world. So, with ants on your side, this task would be pretty easy. You're right about that, Oracle. Psyche was amazed. In a matter of minutes, the job was complete thanks to the army of ants. All this for an apple? She asked. No, not just an apple, the ant replied. Help! You needed to ask for help. Psyche smiled as she watched the ants devour the apple. Thank you, she said. I'll never forget the lesson you've taught me. Later that evening, Aphrodite arrived to check on Psyche's progress, assuming the girl would never be able to complete the job. She was shocked to find Psyche laying on the hillside smiling while the grains were sorted into piles all around her. Somehow, the girl had done it. I suppose you have completed the task, Aphrodite said begrudgingly. Let's see if you can solve the next one. Come with me. Aphrodite brought Psyche to a beautiful field where a flock of sheep was grazing. This one should be easy, Aphrodite smirked. Just get me some of the ram's golden wool. Okay, Psyche began, wondering what the catch was. Oh, yes, watch out for the horns, Aphrodite said as she disappeared with a crack. The sound of her disappearance upset the flock, and Psyche watched in horror as the sheep with their huge, curving horns clashed into one another angrily. She tried to slowly approach the flock, but one of the rams turned to look at her, glaring, turning his horns menacingly in her direction. Psyche sat down by the stream, defeated, and plucked a reed from the riverbank beside her, rubbing it between her fingertips. She contemplated what to do. The ant had taught her that nothing was impossible, so she knew she just had to think through all of her options. If only there was a way to calm them down, she thought. Maybe even make them go to sleep. Even though she was stressed, she kept herself calm by rubbing the reed with her fingertips. And then she began to remember the other things that calmed her. The sound of the stream, the bedtime stories her mother would tell her, even the songs her nurse used to sing to her. I've got it, Psyche exclaimed. A lullaby. Nothing is more relaxing than a soothing melody. They'll be asleep in no time. Psyche waited until the hottest part of the day. Then she slowly made her way towards the flock, singing a gentle song under her breath. It was a song her nurse always sang to her when she was ready to go to sleep. One by one, the animals began to lie down in the field. Psyche moved closer and continued to sing as they nestled into the tall grass. She stood right next to the flock as she sang and kept at it for over an hour until she was certain all the sheep were asleep. She gently made her way towards the closest ram and began to cut off bits of his golden fleece. She stroked the sheep when he began to stir and continued to sing her gentle lullaby. In a matter of minutes... Psyche had enough wool to offer Aphrodite. I did it, she thought to herself. 
I just had to think about what I would have liked if I were in the sheep's place. So when Aphrodite arrived that evening, Psyche presented her with a heaping pile of golden wool. Aphrodite touched the gold gently and gave Psyche a piercing glance. I have to admit, you're starting to impress me. Psyche grinned. She was one step closer to winning Aphrodite's favor, which meant she was one step closer to getting to plead her case with Eros. Don't look too pleased with yourself. I have another test for you. And this is the hardest one yet, Aphrodite said. I want you to bring me some water. Water? Yes, water. From the river Styx. (gasps) Listeners will remember the river Styx from earlier episodes. It is one of the rivers that forms the boundaries between Earth and the underworld. Okay, we'll get back to Psyche in a second. But first, a commercial break. Are you looking for more Greeking Out inspired adventures? Join Zeus, the overconfident hamster, Poseidon the pufferfish, Demeter the grasshopper, Athena the cat, and Ares the pug as they go on wild adventures in the Zeus the Mighty series. Check out the first two books, Zeus the Mighty Quest for the Golden Fleas and Zeus the Mighty The Maze of the Menacing Minotaur at bit.ly forward slash go ZTM. That's bit.ly forward slash G-O-Z-T-M. This was by far the most difficult task Psyche had encountered. Just getting to the sticks was a challenge. She had to hike for days before climbing a steep mountain, and the entire way up, Psyche pictured Eros's face to remember what she was fighting for. When Psyche finally reached the top of the mountain, she saw a beautiful waterfall that indicated the top of the river Styx. Yes, she thought, I made it. With an empty jug in one hand, Psyche made her way over to the slippery rocks. She tried to catch some of the water in the jug, but she just couldn't get across the wet rocks. It was too dangerous. Psyche sat down on the riverbank and tried to think of a plan to fill up the jug without falling into the deadly river. For the next few hours, Psyche mulled over ideas, but nothing seemed feasible. There's only one way to get this water, and that's to somehow fly over the top of the river. Psyche laughed at the absurdity of the idea. I was wondering when you were going to figure that out, said a squawking voice. Psyche looked up. A majestic eagle sat in the branches of a nearby tree. Bald eagles have one of the largest nests in the world, called an airy. It can reach 10 feet across and 20 feet deep, and can weigh as much as an adult elephant. Are you Psyche? the eagle asked. I am. I've heard a great deal about you. Beautiful in looks, clear of mind, and pure of heart. Aphrodite has you on some wild goose chase to win back your husband, but here's what I don't understand. Why do you need Aphrodite's help to reunite with Eros in the first place? Because he won't speak to me, Psyche cried, her eyes filling with tears at the memory. I believed that he would harm me. I didn't trust the goodness right in front of me, and by doing so, I ended up harming him. Now he never wants to see me again, and I need Aphrodite to convince him to speak with me so that I can beg for forgiveness. And have you learned your lesson? Yes, a thousand times yes. I will never doubt my own intuition again. I will never let anyone else plant evil thoughts in my heart. Then I will help you with your task. Suddenly, the eagle flew down to Psyche and grabbed the jug with his beak. 
He flew over the mountain and swooped down by the waterfall, scooping up water into the jug. He circled back to Psyche and let the jug fall into her hands. Farewell, Psyche. Good luck on the rest of your journey. And just like that, it was over. Psyche had water from the river Styx. She had completed the third task. Aphrodite could barely believe her eyes. How had Psyche done it? How was she consistently able to do these impossible things? No matter, she said. You have one more trial to complete. What is it? Psyche asked, confident now that she'd been able to finish the job despite how difficult it appeared. Well, you see, I'm feeling a little run down lately. I just haven't been myself. I I think I need a little bit more beauty. Luckily, I know just where to get it from. Take this box and ask Persephone to fill it up for you. She has plenty of beauty to spare. You, you want me to go see Persephone? Yes. In, in, in the underworld? Yes. And convince her to give you some of her beauty? Yes, it shouldn't be a problem, should it? After all, you've already proven yourself worthy of accomplishing so many seemingly impossible things. What's one more? Psyche was as pale as a sheet of paper. She had no idea how she would get this one done. She turned to leave. Oh, and Psyche, dear... Aphrodite called. One more thing. Whatever you do, don't open the box. I will know immediately if you try to steal any more beauty from me. I wouldn't do that, Psyche cried. Of course you wouldn't. You're so very trustworthy, aren't you, dear? Aphrodite said with a smirk as she walked away. Despite feeling confident earlier... Psyche was shattered. She knew of only one way to get into the underworld. Death. Thanks, Oracle. We actually knew that one. Psyche was willing to do whatever it took to get a chance to apologize to Eros, even if she had to do it as a ghost trapped in the underworld. So she headed to a nearby tower and began the long climb to the top, planning to jump to her death so she would be granted entrance into the underworld. What are you doing? A voice called. Who's there? It's me, the tower. You know, the beautiful structure you're about to launch yourself from. You can talk? Yes, towers can talk. Towers have feelings, you know. We have certain reputations to uphold, and you're about to leave mine in ruins. Well, there's no other way. I have to get into the underworld. And there's no other way you can do that except from jumping off of my finely decorated windowsill? Not that I know of. Oh, hmm. If only there was someone around here who did know of a better way. Are you saying that you know of a way I can get into the underworld? As a matter of fact, I do. The tower told Psyche all about a secret cave hidden away in the mountain where the river Styx was located. No one knew about the cave, and no one knew that there was a secret tunnel that led all the way down into the underworld. No one, that is, except the tower. After climbing through the secret tunnel, Psyche found herself on the banks of the River Styx, near the entrance to the underworld. And after bribing Karen, the river ferryman, with a bag full of money, she found herself standing in front of Persephone's chambers. Persephone was the queen of the underworld and the wife of Hades. She was also the goddess of spring growth. Yes, Persephone is a very interesting character in Greek mythology, but that's a different story for a different day. What's important to know now is that she is not just a god, but a queen as well, and very powerful. 
Psyche smiled nervously as she approached Persephone, who was sitting in front of a mirror, brushing her long, luxurious locks. Although she didn't compare to Aphrodite's striking good looks, she was most definitely a beauty in her own right. Aphrodite had chosen well. Persephone certainly had some beauty to spare. Excuse me, Queen Persephone, my name is Psyche. I I I am the wife of Eros, son of Aphrodite. Oh yes, Psyche. I have heard a great deal about you. It seems you are giving Aphrodite a run for her money. Aphrodite is very thorough in her trials, yes, but I am determined to win her favor. Psyche explained her predicament to Persephone, letting her know just how important it was for her to get a chance to speak to Eros. I see, Persephone said. And how can I help you? Aphrodite has sent me on a fourth and hopefully final task. She's ordered me to come here to the underworld and ask you if you would be so kind as to fill up this box with some of your beauty. Persephone looked at the box with a strange expression on her face. Beauty? What does Aphrodite want with my beauty? It seems that Aphrodite believes that her beauty is... Psyche searched for the words. Running low? She deems that, next to her, you are the most beautiful goddess above or below the earth. She believes your beauty will help restore her to her full power. Persephone paused before answering. No, she said. Psyche's breath caught in her chest. May I ask why not? I have given and given and given. I will not give any more to gods who give nothing to me in return. I understand, Queen Persephone. Truly, I do, but I need your help. Please, I need your beauty. It's the only way I will get a chance to reunite with my true love. And what if he doesn't take you back? What if you meet and he still doesn't forgive you? What if all of this is for nothing? It will never be for nothing, Psyche said. Even if he decides to leave again, our love will not have been for nothing. Persephone looked at Psyche slowly and then nodded. She waved her hand, filling the box with a twirl of dust. When she was finished, she handed the box to Psyche. Here, but let it be known that I did this for you and you alone. I have no more interest in helping the gods. Thank you, Psyche said. She turned to leave and then stopped, looking back towards Persephone. Can I ask why you gave it to me? You still believe in true love, she said. Who am I to spoil that for you? Psyche left feeling elated, clutching the box of beauty firmly to her chest. She began the long hike back up the tunnel to the secret cave, and with each step she thought of Eros, planning out exactly what she'd say to earn his forgiveness. Midway through her trek, she stopped at a stream to get a drink. Psyche stared at her reflection in the water and frowned. She had grown scrawny from her quest. Her hair was dull and hung limply around her shoulders. She had bags under her eyes. Her lips were pale. I can't meet arrows like this, she thought desperately. The box shifted in her arms. Maybe if I just took a little bit of this beauty, it would be enough to convince arrows to give me another chance. Aphrodite won't notice if I just take a little bit. After all, the box is practically overflowing, she said as she lifted the lid. Suddenly, a black mist slipped out of the box. Psyche couldn't see, but she felt herself fall to her knees. She heard a ringing in her ears, and the air felt heavy, and she struggled to breathe. She didn't know what was happening, but she knew this was it. Death. 
it was coming for her. I told you not to open the box, she heard a voice cackle. I told you. It was Aphrodite, coming to gloat. She had won after all. Psyche would never get a chance to plead her case to Eros, and never get a chance to see his sweet face again. Meanwhile, miles away in an undisclosed location, Eros was lying on his bed doing what he had done every day since the morning Psyche left, thinking about her. And at the exact moment that Psyche took her last breath, Eros felt a stab in his own heart. Something wasn't right. He couldn't explain it exactly, but his intuition was telling him that Psyche was in danger. More than danger. Psyche was dead. Eros got to the underworld as fast as he could and found Psyche's body kneeling by the stream, the box open in her arms. The god of death was standing over her, preparing to take her back to the underworld. Stop! Eros shouted. He picked up the box and used it to trap the black mist. When every ounce was safely back inside, Psyche opened her eyes. She was weak and terrified, but she was alive. Eros! She exclaimed. How are you here? I knew you were in danger. I had to come. But how did you know? When you truly love someone, you feel what they feel. And I love you. I've always loved you. I love you too, she exclaimed, so much, and I'm so, so sorry. I knew the truth about you, but my sisters made me doubt even my own intuition. I got so confused. I will spend the rest of my days fighting to make it up to you if you'll let me. I'm sorry I didn't share my whole self with you. I should have trusted you too. I guess we both have a lot of making up to do. And plenty of time to do it, he said. And they sealed the arrangement with a kiss. The moment their lips touched... All of Mount Olympus erupted in applause. The gods had been watching this romance unfold from the beginning, and they were all rooting for Eros and Psyche to get together. Zeus, in particular, was so touched that he gave Psyche nectar and ambrosia as a belated wedding gift. Nectar and ambrosia are food and drink of the gods. If a mortal is lucky enough to consume them, they will become immortal. That's right. And now, with both of them immortal, Eros and Psyche were finally free to spend the rest of their days doing the thing they did best, loving one another. And that is the tale of Eros and Psyche. Aren't you forgetting something? Am I? Oh, yes, thank you, Oracle. And they lived happily ever after. The end. That's it for this season of National Geographic Kids Greeking Out. I hope you had as much fun as we did. If you have a request for us to tell a story in the future, give us a rating and let us know in the reviews. And stay tuned for news about Greeking Out Season 4. National Geographic Kids Greeking Out is written by Kenny Curtis and Jillian Hughes and hosted by Kenny Curtis with Tori Kerr as the Oracle of Wi-Fi. Audio production and sound design by Scotty Beam and our theme song was composed by Perry Grip. Dr. Diane Klein is our subject matter expert, and Emily Everhart is our producer.